0: Hi, so my name is Jonathan Stahls. I identify as he, him, his, I'm LGBTQIA. I live in Denver, Colorado, home of Arapaho and Cheyenne. I am a a walking artist and all kinds of different branches out of that tree, um, which relate often to doing a lot of ink art in my work, a lot of writing. Lots of miles by foot, uh, lots of storytelling with a campaign called Pedestrian Dignity and uh, and about a hundred other things. <laughs> so it's good to be here. Okay.
1: So then I saw a little tributary coming off your river. So you describe yourself as a walking <laughs> artist is Pedestrian yeah. Dignity, which I ran into on TikTok and was instantly fascinated because I do so much walking around the, usually the suburban environment. And The suburban environment is more pleasant, usually than the urban environment there, you might have a little more space, you might have fewer cars, but how bad the sidewalks are uh, always surprised me. But before we get into that, now I want to get into, because you mentioned walking (laughs) artists. Is that where it all kind of, will you tell me where that comes from? When did your creativity start dovetailing with your physical movement out in the world?
0: Mm, Yes, yes. I, You know, it. So I've always been an artist. Art has been my home form of expression for so many years. I I moved every two years as a kid growing up. And so going from one place to the next, being a new student, living in all these different environments. My parents split also when I was young. So both sides of the family, my father and the ongoing family journey there was mostly in Colorado. My mother remarried and that was mostly East Coast. And so multiple times a year I was moving not necessarily by foot but moving into different spaces and places and art was my was my kind of main form of either escaping or expressing and just finding my way Um, and so I have stacks and stacks of sketchbooks always have had stacks (laughs) of sketchbooks you look at and in my full adulted or whatever you want to call it being the age of 39 that I am yeah um I you know I, I have any application, any paper I need to fill out, anything is covered in doodles around all the lines. <laughs> so it's it's just a part of me to be uh, moving in in art. And so in 2010, you know summarizing and skipping a lot of things, but in 2010 I went on a really long walking journey. Um, eight and a half months, walked across the United States. It was from Delaware to San Francisco. And that was very much a personal, very personal, um, just need to throw myself into the unknown. I was just coming out. I was, I was just kind of getting into the weeds and getting to the other side of coming out. I was on the other side of some really hard things personally, and I really wanted to start over and I wanted the kind of the wisdom of the land and the earth, the wisdom of strangers and people and unhurried time to be my to be my guides. And so I had never done anything like it. And my dog and I literally took off uh, March 1st in 2010 and just started walking West. And, and it was that experience that just, that just totally reoriented so many things within me and around me. And I I just, I, I fell in love with the wisdom of trees and nature. And I fell in love with so many different Types and backgrounds of people, and I fell in love with my inner self in a really special way. And all of this was happening at an unhurried pace, at a walking pace. And so, yeah, to your beautiful question, it was really that walk that just started to more like really organically. I I don't know that I at that time I would have said walking artist, but (laughs) you know, I was I was creating in a sense a new story for how I wanted to live my life, and and so you know i was drawing and expressing a lot as i was moving and and the pedestrian dignity campaign like again at that time i wouldn't have called it pedestrian dignity but um but now as i've just kind of rooted more and more into expressing and experimenting um through walking and art i just um that frame just felt so natural it just felt like a fresh breath of air it's like yeah that's that's I get that. That's that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to do here.
1: Can I ask? So yeah. either as a kid growing up with all the movement, or you yeah. as an adult reaching this inflection point, this crisis point, this change point that you wanted, why didn't you just hole up and turtle up? Because oftentimes artists, mm. you know, in my own art, sometimes you just want to hide, and so you turtle. Having all that movement all the time as a kid, some people become these world travelers, and other people stop moving. So they force rooting and they root in and don't move. Why do you think in that moment you're like, instead of like building a little nest, I'm going to completely unnest and become nomadic for this period of time. Why do you think that mm. happened?
0: Mm. Such a great question, Brendan. I love it. Um Love that question. I, you know, whew, why did that happen? I, you know, I think I think because, at least for me, I, I've so I'm a I'm a there. There's so many answers I feel like that float around that question, but yeah. I, I would say a couple of them are just movement in general. Um, maybe even in the realm of anxiety, and maybe even in the realm of uh, you know some some form of ADHD. You know, I I I don't know that I fully uh, you know weave my story there, but I. I connect a lot to some of what people in my life who describe themselves as ADHD or having ADHD. Um, I connect a lot with what they what they share and kind of what they experience at times. And so, I've always been a leg shaker. My leg is always shaking under the table, even when eating food. The table starts shaking and everyone looks at me because it's just <laughs> it. I it's either. It's a mix. It's a beautiful mix. I know there's. It's part anxiety. It's part excitement. It's part just th- this vibration that lives in my body. It's part. It's all the things, and I. Uh, so I feel like there's something there in terms of finding uh, almost my own form of nesting in the movement. If that if that might resonate, like it it almost allows. All, all the anxiety or even all the uh, the circuit, the circuit, the circuitry, the, the, what, what, am I, what word am I looking for? Kind of all the different circuits in my body um, that are uh, that are constantly um, kind of pushing on edges. It allows them to find a place in my body as it's moving. So then I can actually feel like I'm nesting with myself a little bit. Like I'm almost at home in the movement. And, and a little more relaxed and rested. And so uh, I, and I started to figure that out as I, as I did this long walk, I would say the initial plunge into the long walk was really just, I knew I needed, like, it was more about like, I need to throw myself into the unknown that is outside of walls, outside of cars, outside of screens. So it really was more about, just throwing myself into the unknown versus just the, like the connection to movement itself. It was really just like, this is a way that I've seen other people try and do it. And, okay, I'm just going to do it because it's going to push me. I don't know where I'm going to sleep tonight. I don't know who I'm going to meet tonight. I don't know what I'm going to eat tomorrow. I don't know how my body's going to do. I don't, you know, there's all, It just, the list goes on and on and on thunderstorms, bears, dragons, whatever.
1: It was not a planned out. This is an itinerary and this is where I'm going to go. It was more just, I've seen people do this.
0: I'm going to leap. Pretty much. Yeah. Like I, I loosely had a map that was like, Oh, you know, these are the cities I kind of want to go to, but I did not have a day by day itinerary. It was very intentional, just like, let it unfold and be terrified. Um, And, and that's what it was. And so, wait, was it?
1: So how terrifying was it? Was it more or less terrifying than you thought it could have been?
0: Yeah, you know, there were just, I would say they were more so terrifying. Absolutely leading up to it, um, leading up to it that the the mind and the ideas take over and you the fears just turn into like these huge monsters. Yes. Um, And then when you're actually out there, at least when I was actually out there, you know, the fear and the terrifying nature of things would just show up in circumstances. It would be like, oh my God, the Potomac River is flooding and there's a log coming down the canal path, and I'm gonna die. Like (laughs) That's all this has been a nice life. Great. Right. Two weeks, okay. two weeks into the walk. High five. Great job. You're done. You're done. And then I we jump over the log and we continue surviving it. And there's somebody that's actually running down there in the flooding waters and tells us how to get out of there. And then we end up staying with that person at their house. And but you just would never predict all these things uh in, in just thought. And so living it out like the terrifying pieces would come in those micro moments.
1: <laughs> well, also it reminds me when, you know, when you said in the beginning, your mind did all the monster creating of all the things that weren't happening. So that's yes. one kind of terror, the terror of the future. Or, that's you right. know, uh, and then, but you were just talking about, then there were moments where my body was, was, was responding normally to real things happening. And that, yeah. I don't know, it almost sounds like a healthy fear when your log's coming. That's healthy fear. As opposed to the fear you had before was the Ex- fear of the unknown.
0: Absolutely. Yes, Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very much just this. It, it, yeah, going from conceptual to like, like raw fear, like fear <laughs> that like yeah. puts puts your it trains and ignites these instinctual capacities inside of us inside of me. I mean, I, and it's and it's amazing after maybe, you know, not even at two weeks started to feel it two months was was well into it. By the time I got to the desert, I was I was there was just this awareness of whoa i'm feeling something about that hill and that dirt road don't take it okay i'm going to go the other way i'm going to stay away from it like i didn't even visually see what it was but i started to energetically feel that something ahead around that corner is not to be trusted i need to i need to steer around and it and i didn't really overthink it it was just lean into that intuitive instinctual fascinating (laughs) so and
1: again so so embodied like again i imagine at times of crisis and anxiety and fear and depression and sadness um there's i think are some i I think most people's i could be wrong most people's bodies and minds turn to self-preservation and that caused you to close in but for whatever reason you had enough energy, enough creativity, enough thinking about it at that moment that you could kind of leap and find a healthier place. Cause I think that protectionism is good sometimes but it can be overdone.
0: Exactly, yeah, and it was very, and I'm, I'm grateful you mentioned and, at least, and used the word energy, I think that's a good way of putting it. There was just this energy inside me that needed to burst and, and, and be outside of it. So part of what made, part of what I think pushed me to move um, and be outside in the outside world was that even though I moved a lot as a kid, it was literally, I love uh, the book wanderlust, a history of walking. And the author Rebecca Solnit says, um, we go from one, you know, the the, kind of the, 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 the dilemma of being on foot or, or walking or rolling in as an everyday practice or behavior. And she talks about, you know, the quote is we go from one interior to the next one interior to the next. And so most of my upbringing was literally, I mean, I just still feel the way my cheek would press against the passenger window of the car that would take me from home to school, school to home, home to work, work to home, practice to home, home to the grocery store, home to, you know, just this watching the world go by literally. And then I'd go into the house and close the door, lock the door, go up the stairs, <laughs> into the room. And then, you know, the room is beige and bullshit and then it's just like and then it's just like why like why is this all this separation why and I was mostly in suburban neighborhoods and so there's that context where you have even more separation sometimes from community and connection and things outside of cars and, and walls and screens and so I think that all of that just started it just stacked and stacked and stacked and I I just I bursted. I was like, I need, I crave something that will literally shake it all up and break it all up.
1: Uh, so that that feeling of going from hermetically sealed bubble to hermetically sealed bubble and traveling using <laughs> these advanced forms of transportation that we're all used to, the planes, the trains, the automobiles, the motorcycle, well, yes. less so the motorcycle, right. but the, at least the cars, the planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, yeah when i started i remember in high school i started walking outside at night and you'd walk you'd walk on these sidewalks in suburbia and every house would be flooded with the weird light of the television in the front room and that's where everybody was (laughs) gathered i'm like but it smells so nice in here and you get it you realize you realize the whole urban and suburban area when it's not criminally unsafe for whatever reason it's this wonderful adventure that nature is out there hiding I kind of want to talk about your pedestrian dignity thing now, because my yeah. reaction to it is when you show you're walking around, I think that's exactly what I do, where you have to, you get pushed into the road, yeah. but there are oftentimes, if you're in a suburban environment, there are generally sometimes fewer cars. As long as you point out these arterial points mm-hmm. at which there's a lot of cars, mm-hmm. there's all this beauty, the bushes, the trees, the flowers that nobody looks at. So I look at some of your videos and see all <laughs> that beauty. When, when you were out on that walk, Did your understanding then turn from looking at the beauty of the outside and how nice it is to be out there embodied as a human being walking in a nice rhythm to, wow, this is not built for me. This is unsafe. This is unpleasant. This is, I mean, you call it now in your videos, you use the word violent all the time. When did, when did your love of the travel, when did that start to sensitize you to how dangerous it might be for people who weren't traveling in our little bubble cars on four wheels from place to place? (laughs)
0: yeah Uh, yeah wonderful questions yeah I yeah it was literally on that long walk when it all started it was on that long walk when I was just so eager to be guided and to be to kind of be remolded in some ways and to be really like just so raw to be listening for what kind of you know to embody uh, learning and to embody connection and to embody what I'm seeing and feeling and know so because of that it it was such and again wouldn't have the words for it in the in the details or in those micro moments but it was such a body-based experiential education in the built environment and it was just and I'm always talking about it now in the frame of kind of the relationship of beauty and devastation it's like they both at least for me as I think as I kind of experiment with this art, it's literally these, it's this relationship between the two and the tension between the two because the because yes. because to your point, it's it is there the I these sunsets. Oh why am I out here alone or why aren't there more right? of us out here? These <laughs> like the trees, the apples, why are these apple trees just full and all the apples are falling and not getting eaten? Why why are the bees like barely making it? Why are why aren't we all smelling the flowers while we pause from all these things that want to slice us up and divide us? Like, why aren't we flying more kites? Why aren't we resting under more trees? Why? So there's the constant, uh, constant relationship for my own mental health and and connection to the way I I want to live my life. Like I want to take naps under trees. I want to touch the bark of the tree. I want to have moments where I'm pausing to pick up the fallen fall leaves and be completely in awe of the veins and the bright fire oranges. I want to have the time to pause and have a conversation with someone who's waving and exchanging eye contact in their front porch. I want to be on the bus and get to know people who are, you know, so all of that is beauty to me. It's beauty, it's invitation. And then, so to, to the other side of that tension, yeah. The devastation of, of what has, what has and what continues to block that access to each other, to, to, to nature, to a sense of public and systemic thriving, to, a sense of health, like a sense of self that is, that isn't just barraged by the onslaught of high speeds or the isolation and exposure. If you're in suburbia trying to make some of these trips by foot or like that's, that's literally, you know, you're, 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 you're in a survival mode or you're in a, you're in a really complex mode of not feeling seen or not feeling like you've made it quote unquote, or, or not feeling, Uh, nurtured by the you know so there's all these complex emotions that that people you know i can at least speak for myself and others that i talk to a lot like there's all these to me unnecessary emotions and disconnections that have come from when the car took over as the center of transportation um it and so hence pedestrian dignity has just been like yeah like I want to center my so much of my artistic process around these themes. Um, so I so it's funny. So I also host uh, what might feel like the opposite sometimes <laughs> of what people experience on Pedestrian Dignity TikTok. Like I can be on there, y'all, and I can be just screaming. Yes. I can be I can be rant. I'm like y'all. This <laughs> is I need you to feed, I need you here with me. I need you picking up the torches and let's make some shit happen and then on that other side of the dial i'm i'm running to the park to sit under the tree plug the phone in and host a walking meditation (laughs) you know like um it's both of those worlds to me are so uh important as they inform each other and as i kind of uh as I go from one to the other in some sense. I mean, they both belong, they both co, they both coexist, but they're also pulling at each other in some way.
1: Oh, so I, I was, I'm in the Midwest now, but I, I came from Los Angeles County is where I grew up. So that's the birthplace of the car rules. All you had places (laughs) that were um, places that had been built for non-car travel cities all over the country. Um, that have suburbs that spread out, but LA is the place of the suburb. It, you know, the car companies get—they ripped up those um, public transit lines. All those, all those cars mm-hmm. running up and down, all the streetcars—they, they bought them up and ripped them up because they wanted the car to rule, and it does yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, and I'm amazed again. Growing up there, you find all the beauty there, and then you do realize when you see the suburban thing has been exported everywhere so i came here to you know kansas and missouri the same the suburbs look exactly the same and they really are all built for the car and you can as you do very much on pedestrian dignity you sensitively look at what happens to sidewalks and the sidewalks are good for one block and then they disappear or they just they've been allowed to break down or one sidewalk's great i'm baffled the car is the most important thing. It is the people in cars. They are the people that society tells everyone. These are the people who have money. These are the people who matter, the people in the cars. And yes. only once the rich people decide as a uh, as a sort of personal aesthetic value, I don't like being in my car all the time. So now I want to live in a walkable neighborhood that's been built for really rich people to go to bars and taverns and coffee houses built for working people to have grocery stores and laundromats. That's not what it's for at all. That's right. It's just the money. So when I look at these cars, I think of this is the, we, the car is the, that's the, that's the entry point into American society. If you have a car and you can afford that, everything that goes with it, you are allowed to go to everywhere and be part of American society. And if you don't have the car, you don't.
0: Mm speak it hit <laughs> repeat hit give him the mic uh, yes like it yes but
1: I'm pessimistic yes. again growing up in LA County yeah. LA County is almost unsavable because it's so big it's so yeah. spread out it's such a difficult problem but I look at yeah. other places that they're built they build new places and again all the houses are jammed together they're nowhere near shopping nowhere near jobs it's yes. all built so you can have another bedroom community to yep. move people. Into their cars, out of the garages, and drive down highways. <laughs> They're doing yes. it now, so I'm not sure. Rather I don't see where the trend us. changes. So, help what are you trying to do?
0: <laughs> <laughs> help us! Help us! Um, I uh, trying is the key word. I I don't have <laughs> the answer. Yeah. I just I just ache in like okay. Well, I'm our, I'm 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 uniquely wired to be creating just in general. And I am so painfully, soulfully, joyfully wired to a renewed ongoing relationship to unhurried human movement for my own health and connection to the things I have learned to care about and love in ways that I will never move, that have have shaped me, that have blessed me. So I'm always going to be seeking those gifts and the gifts of moving in this way and being with the earth and, and kind of just relishing in that. And with that, I care so much about all of us being, having access to those things and access to, to a greater sense of, of public health. And then with that, I just, the social landscape that we're in around division and yeah. uh, disconnection and, Oh my God! Political, social, uh, everything, and then just systemic racism, systemic classism, wealth—like you're saying—and and then re- the reality of climate and planet. It's all so overwhelming. It's all so big, and I just I I all I know is that I'm trying, and I'm aching, and I'm uh, experimenting, and I am uh, trying to stay close to feeling and empathy and. Uh, I'm taking risks, I'm exploring edges, I'm peering over the sides, I'm uh, trying to, you know, so part of, and I'll give a little context for some of this, you know, when I, so prior to doing my cross country walk, I was, um, I, there were four months where I, you know, when I lived overseas, and <laughs> I was having a really, really hard four months where I was like, kind of at the end of all ropes, I, I was suicidal for two or three weeks. It was dark, it was heavy, it was like, I'll never forget what it felt like to feel like all these stories, all the pressure, you know, unique to my own idiom was just, was collapsing and quickly and, and, and I, and I did, and I almost didn't make it. And so crawling out of that place and then kind of discerning in a really messy way that I just needed to walk some shit out. (laughs) and eight and a half months into that by the time i got to the high desert of nevada and i i literally felt like i was floating a little bit like i was floating off like i felt so uh, connected healthy self-loving open whatever naive not naive whatever it was just this it was it, it was it was it was healing yeah and and so I think because I, 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 I still can feel what it was like to be literally choked by some of these systems that we've talked about and what I bring up a lot in Pedestrian Dignity, yeah. you know, just capitalism, patriarchy, whatever, whatever the system is, just any kind of thing that's trying to like weigh down the authenticity and health of thriving diverse communities. And I just... I I just was like, never again, (laughs) like never again. Okay. We're not even playing there. So it's just, so I think the artist lens mixed with kind of the, my personal fire to never go back to that because it almost took me out. And the invitation of beauty and connection to the natural world and the encouragement of young people that I'm seeing and feeling On TikTok and other and in other spaces it's it's a weaving and it's an experiment so I don't have an answer I just I just feel like you know being an artist I want to create invitation I want to create honesty I want to create rawness I want to create invitations of healing and connection so it's all those things
1: I think you probably answered a little bit of this, but I did want to ask because I think the pedestrian dignity things, uh, sometimes the, the stuff is, I feel like when you narrate these things, these videos of you are walking down the side of a road, and you're yeah. noting how close the cars are, how they're, sometimes there's no sidewalk, you're showing the, I forget what they're called, desire trails or desire lines, the lines yeah. that are sort of you you have told us we're supposed to walk here, but it's ridiculous that you make the people, you put the bus stop on the other side of a, of a six lane. Uh, it's not a highway. It's a, just yeah. a regular, it, well, it's not a right. freeway. It's a highway.
0: You right. can
1: cross it if you walk half a mile down there to get to a line. It's just, it's so obvious uh, an fu to the people who have to take the bus or who That's are right. walking from anywhere to anywhere. You just don't matter. And and That's it right. feels painful. And I can hear you sometimes it's rolling a calm narration and other times you can feel the anger and frustration. Yeah. Do you have trouble? Is it does pedestrian dignity or the focus on the inequity and the unfairness of how the environment looks? Does that overwhelm you a lot or do you feel as you balance the many things in your life, things feel balanced, or is it a fight to not sort of tip over that way?
0: Such. Yeah. Such an important question. And that, Yeah. So there's two things that are coming up as you're asking that one is, and I think it ties a little bit to your previous question as I took us on a, on a winding path, but I, I think to your question of kind of the vision of pedestrian dignity or like, what do you, I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm so, I don't, we're, we're already in, we're already done, (laughs) you know, like to your point, I just, I think that's why I care so much about, um, the lived experience of it, because I also trust that as people shed a little bit of, of what the car centric orientation has kind of stuffed down, what, what walls uh, in, in homes, to some extent, settled, settling, you know, these settled neighborhoods and homes, like th- th- there's so much healing that can happen without ever needing to call it healing. Like that just happens when we move our bodies outside. When we're outside, things are happening in our systems that are so valuable to our mental health, to our connection to where we live, to weather patterns, to the vestibular system, which connects to the core of the earth and gravity, like there is so much there that I just trust that so much more is happening than just, but also holding the hand of the very specific, wow, this walk from my house to the grocery store is so horrible and disconnected and I would have never known (laughs) until I actually walked it or or rolled in a wheelchair on it. I wouldn't have never known because the vantage point of a vehicle is you've got so many layers of disconnection. You've got so many layers of separation. You're moving it at a speed that can't capture the details. You're not feeling what it's like outside. You're not smelling what it's like outside. The windows only give you a certain vantage point and the timing of it all just, they're they're blips and glimpses glimpses and you're not going to, you're, you're, never going to feel it. So the primary thing for me in, in, you know, and as you've shared, and as you've seen on the TikTok is, excuse me, is lived experience. It's raw. Feel it with me, feel it with me. And it will, and it will, it will uncover itself for you. I don't need to conceptually tell you, just go out and, and be a, be your own agent and your own witness to the fact that the so any really practical trip in most u.s north american settings is largely disregarding the full practical trip for those who are on foot or on a wheelchair yes. and it and you will see that in the sidewalks you'll see that in lighting you'll see that and land use and how places are actually built out you'll see that in treatment of bus stops you'll see that in like you said where grocery stores are placed where laundry mats are placed where practical equitable every day this is life this is what I need to do are are so disconnected from that modality and uh, and 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 then thus tumbling equitable injustice comes comes with it because okay then how do we how do we keep up quote unquote? How do we get food on the table? How do we survive this culture? How do we, how do we bring up our kids in it? How do we, how do we stay healthy and connected? So there's so much around it. And I think that's why um, for me, it, 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 in a very nonlinear way, it ties a lot of these threads when we actually get out and experience it, when we can feel it, when we can smell it, when we can have it hit our skin, when the rain gets splashed onto the side of us, like it, we can, we become participants, uh, uh, you know, rather than just observers, or or, kind of people that are thinking about it, which I think too often is what is guiding some of the decision making around these developments and streets is that too many people who are making decisions on budgets and street design and neighborhood design are sitting in offices behind screens and they're thinking about it and they're driving to every meeting. And so it's a largely conceptual, you know, demonstration that is so far removed from the day-to-day lived reality.
1: The most interesting thing to me is um, walking suburbia, how you can feel, these things were built for people who imagine that the only people who are going to go by are going by in car the things mm. look good in a way as sort of background like it's almost like the world is a whole bunch of billboards everywhere the, <laughs> whatever physical features are put up in front of a shopping center the way a building looks it's really not built for people to walk slowly up to the building yes for cars to whiz by and notice it off the freeway boom it's gonna come be-
0: on Come on, Brandon. Yes. It's gonna make a
1: big statement, right? (laughs) It's gonna make a big statement to the people in cars. No, it's but it's exciting to me to go to those places because I think there's people who go in and out of the building all the time that don't notice how they put all this grass in, and you know there's all this grass everywhere. And I'm like, you know, people, you can sit on this grass if you want. So then you go sit <laughs> on the, you're like all this wasted grass is very yes. nice. Look <laughs> at this tree, this wasted tree. Nobody gets under it. That's a great shade right there. These
0: exactly f- The weeds yes. smell
1: nice, whatever. Yes. So I like the hopefulness. I get dark because I think I think about the system and how powerful yes. the, yes. I just read a book about mimetic desire, about how people, mm-hmm you know they model their desires on others and we've lived this life where we model our desire on i want a better more private box and a bigger and more private box to live in and i Oof. want a more comfortable box on wheels to take me to another place where i'll have that same privacy come on people are very comfortable but they're broken up and so i can see how your walking trip was exactly the opposite where you're you're trying to be open you're trying to meet who you're going to meet you can't meet anybody when you're in a car, I mean, we all experience—we all experience that experience in Southern California, where people spend time driving to and from work. And unless they make it that way, they can make it a phone calling people on phone, which is a wonderful thing. But they're not physically being together with other human beings; they're separated from everyone on mm-hmm. that freeway.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Yes, uh, you know, yes, yes, and. You know, I, I think the thing that, um, you know, and this ties to, uh, you know, something you said a little earlier around, I don't know if you used the terms burnout. I don't think that was right. It was more like you were t- describing, um, does the fire sometimes of, of this work, like, yeah. want to take me out almost because of the anger that I can tap into and the places. And so I think to, to what you were just sharing connected to that is, is the you know, I think that's, it's why back to what we were talking about, the tension, the tension between the beauty and the devastation is to me that, that tension is so important because then it, it, it creates room for balm, for nurturing, for, uh, you know, like, and it's, to me, it's the specific of like what you just said, like, oh, there's a tree here. Nobody's using it, but sit under it. Like, it's actually kind of nice. Right. It's, you know, like, it's this, it's like, Hey, like, let's, where are there ways that we can just play with the environments as they are that actually become play that actually become like, let's, let's, let's get creative with how we kind of repurpose these parking lots and repurpose the the way these buildings look. And and I think that's why it is so, you know, a lot of times I'll speak on, and it's why I'm so grateful. You are a supporter of, of my creative work. I'm grateful because I, I think, freeing up artists is so important in this time because i think creative artists whatever kind of artists dancers singers musicians poets whatever like any kind of creative expression i think and i think especially that with holding the hands of young people with holding the hands of elders to some regard it's like it's just i i think it just allows for so much more breaking it all up a little bit like breaking it up Let's, let's put something big into the parking lot, break it up. Let's plant <laughs> wildflowers. Let's put a swing in here. Let's get like, let's get long parking. What the, What is that? Like slip and slide, you know, oh, yeah. get, uh-huh. you know, whatever, like, let's just repurpose. Um, and so I think in my little corner uh, for me not to burn out, for me not to get kind of eaten alive by my own fire, <laughs> yes. you know, I, I'm, It's very important for me as a creator to be um, doing just as much solo walking, resting by stream, sitting under those trees. That's why I have, you know, I spend a lot of time doing drawings and ink artwork. I spend a lot of time at art markets and hope to more. I do the walking meditations and host different meditations. Um, So that balance is necessary for me to then really nurture when the fire comes out. Because yeah, if, the, if it was all fire, I would, yeah, it would absolutely engulf me because it is so overwhelming. And I, I think that's why, um, it's why it's really truly just an experiment. Like I, it, it will evolve, it will, it will take different shapes, the pedestrian dignity campaign. And yet, um, man, it has been such a joy to see these young people just literally opening like like flowers in a field like they're just they're just they're opening they're like pollinate okay this is getting weird but like <laughs> you know but just like i just feel the blossoming like oh my god i it's it's everything from like oh my god i had no idea oh my god you're opening my world i'm never i'm looking at my streets and my neighborhoods from an entirely different vantage point to this is my experience this is what i go through every day you're talking about my life and it sucks. And, you know, sometimes that response is like, it, you can tell there's some dissonance, like, I don't know how to really connect to your account. Like, I'm grateful for what you're doing, but this is my life. And, and then there's the other perspective of like, thank you for putting words to something. I never thought of it as a dignity and equity issue. I'm grateful keep doing what you're doing. Like, this is my life. And now I, I feel my agency expanding. And like, and then you get voices from young folks that are like that are 15, 16, you know, may, perhaps having pressure all around them to figure out what are you doing for college? What's your career? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Right. Are you doing? Write it down. You're 10. Write it down. <laughs> like it's just uh, and so and it's be- beautiful to hear them say like, wow, you're you're totally helping me shape what I want to do in my ideas of career, i.e. urban planning or landscape design or whatever, but that they're coming to it from some of these early raw invitations around lived expression at an unhurried pace. Wow. So that all just feels so that that's like where the circle comes around. It nourishes to have so much of that, that kind of affirming engagement.
1: There is so much. In fact, I was just talking to someone this morning. So let's talk a little bit about TikTok. I mean, TikTok made it very easy to make quick videos. It's easy to go live there. It's a very easy platform. Mm -hmm. In general, when you bop along in Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, my impression, there are people who are doing funny, fun, creative things, but Mm -hmm. there is so much people, again, there's so much anger. People put them in situations they put themselves in situations. You can see what they're yearning for. They're yearning to be understood. They're yearning mm. to be heard. They're yearning to be listened to just like human beings. They want attention yeah. and they get the, everyone is on there kind of giving each other in some ways the wrong attention. And so from, so I was being very negative earlier today about TikTok. you get on there. It feels like people put themselves in a position to be angry all the time, because mm. if you put yourself out there in this way, these are not your friends. These are random people walking around the internet and some of them right. enjoy trolling you or some of them are having a oh, bad day yeah. and they're going to yell at you.
0: Yep. How much.
1: do you deal with that? So when you're talking about these young people. I do I think these young people will figure out how to use the social media in a healthy way.
0: Mm-hmm. But right now
1: we're all still learning and it's just so sometimes it's so gruesome and icky.
0: Mm-hmm. What has it
1: been like on the flip side? The sort of gruesome icky comments or the things you see if you look through TikTok at other people's stuff. Just the kind of you can see the, you can see people's trauma and wounding in the way they're acting toward other people, but you don't know these people and you can never interact with them in such a way that you could actually have a good conversation with them about this. So how, what is it, what is social media like for you?
0: Mm. Oh, that's such a, yes. It's a, such an important, it's such an important space to, to be in. And that, like that, that, you know, and again, I'm using the word tension. I just, um, I I, because it is I I don't I don't at all see the social media space as the answer the way uh, you know and you know I'm being I feel myself being invited into this space because I've been actually I've been moving a little I've been I was energetically moving further and further from social media as I was getting more into my art making and art markets I was and I still am I'm putting so much of my time more into like lived like passing out art, gifting art, moving art in different ways. I have been working so hard on a book that I'm excited to kind of have out next year and just have that be this tangible thing people can hold and we can kind of move with together. And so I I think I really, it's important for me at least to have significant in-person engagement, um, to then have curiosity and experimentation. Cause again, that's how I feel like the, the social media realm is it's curiosity. It's like, it's a, it's a gateway, it's a portal, it's a connection, it's an invitation, but it is far from my like primary source <laughs> of because of each unique being that is behind that screen that's and right. all the complexity of their circumstances yes. and situation to have so many, so many layers of, of separation via a screen, even though we're seeing someone right there, there's so much nuance that gets yeah. completely wiped out. And so at least with TikTok for me, which is why I've focused it specifically on an issue. It's yeah. not my, it's not me as a person. It's, it's a specific issue. So it's kind of like education uh, you know, it's, it's educational kind of in that way, but definitely from an, an, an embodied state. So it's really meant to be an empathy invitation in a lot of ways. And because of that, because of the dignity component, and just because of who I am, like, I want there to be tons of room in how I affirm people, how I comment and respond to comments, how I handle and host, uh, my lives, even though it's always going to be messy and imperfect. (laughs) Um, is just to always be accountable in a, in a way to, to healthy connection, to compassionate language, to imp- words like imperfection, to I don't have it all right, to just trying to be honest, like things that I feel like, you know, again, so I, I, I'm experimenting, but I'm really trying to weave something a little a little more relational in how it's being held.
1: I think, and that's probably, I think that resonated with me when I first saw your stuff months ago, that sense that in the way you talked in the video, in the consideration you were giving to all the nuance of this situation, not saying people driving in cars aren't bad, the people in these houses aren't bad. I'm not trying to call people bad and say these terrible things. I'm just saying this situation is a brutal situation that we're all contributing to. The other side, I think you're talking about having that adult awareness of the social media as a performative mm-hmm. platform. This is not mm-hmm. me. I just, were. I mean, I you see it everywhere. I think people are encouraged by the platform owners and people are encouraged by their peers. This is where you perform yourself. And I think people don't hold enough, dis- I worry that they don't hold enough distance so that People aren't being, they're, they're not distanced enough from what they're putting on social media. They're a little too close to it. Absolutely. And then the people responding are too close to you when you can comment any second without yes. seeing how you've hurt someone's feelings in person. Yes. Yes. That's, I mean, that's just yes. what the platform does. No fault. Again, that's just how it is.
0: Absolutely. Oh, and to help me, it you're, it, you're speaking to something, which is exactly why it's, it's an experiment for me. I, you know, there, there, (laughs) there's, there's days when I see a comment and I, I see that comment in the wrong time. I am all I had, I have just walked through mountains of mud and heat. I am, I am not even here for it. And then, and then my, you know, my, you know, there's been a handful of times I'll, I'll just kind of, I'll, I'll take the bait if you will. Right. Yep, like, sure. And, and I jump in and I'm like, wow, well, you, you know, and, and I, uh, so, and I'm literally experimenting with that because there's something in me. And again, this, this is where, it, this is where it's, it does become a per like a person as from an artist standpoint in my own being, like, I don't want to, I'm not, uh, I'm not here to please people. I don't want to be a people pleaser here. Like I, I want to honor the uniqueness of people and I want to honor a different way of being relational. I want to weave connection, but when I consumed my world with people pleasing and 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 pleasing systems that were harmful to me, yeah. I almost didn't survive. And I that I, I made an oath to myself that I will when when feeling <laughs> Like I need to, or would want to, if I need to get a little fiery, I'm going to get a little fiery, Uh, but, but I'm never like, what's really important to me in my wiring. And as I experiment is I always want there to be room for compassion and growing. It doesn't end there. It doesn't end at fire. It doesn't end at separation. It's like, I don't want you to feel separate from me also. So let's keep talking about this. Let's keep going. Let's yeah. I'm a little fiery. You're pissing me off. Let's let, but let's, let's unpack it. Let's keep going. Let's, let's, let's go, let's go into it. Let's let, you know, and sometimes I've in some of the comments, like when I, when I feel like I've, I've gotten a little too deep in my own, you know, whatever, something right. personal, then I, you know, I'm, I'm able to work through apologizing and humility and, so there's things that I think this tool is is because for the most part social media has very much I've really tried to to keep it in a certain at a certain distance and to your exact point Brendan like because of how quickly this account has grown yes um I I really I really want and need to be checking um my all those things you named, how close I, am I, how close I am I to I wanted to ask it? that
1: because it's always tempting when something as an artist, when something hits, there's yeah. always that temptation to, you just want to let it absorb what you're doing because yes. oh, crap is successful, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's why it was so important for me, um, you know, I, I I had so many art markets these last couple months, not so many. I mean, I've been kind of careful with COVID, but like, I've had a handful of them and I've, you know, turning in the book uh, was, you know, I turned in the manuscript on September 7th. So I'm so grateful that I had these almost external already existing things that really forced me to put, to put it away, like, you know, like, or to just post it and leave it, you know, even though I am, Trying to respond to people like the responses aren't like overly in depth. I'm just I'm doing a lot of affirming in my comments, but not like not trying to get into the weeds of every little thing because I'm just because it's consuming me. And I'm like, ooh, you got to be careful. Ooh, <laughs> be careful. Ooh, that edge is right there. You're getting a little close, Jonathan. You're getting a <laughs> little too close. So it, it's and that's why that I just. I'm, I'm creating r- room to experiment, to try to learn, to figure it out as I go. And um, yeah, just very, very nonlinear in so many ways, brother.
1: I, I do. I mean, my takeaway, I watch it also with curiosity. I mean, just kind of open to what does it sound like these experiences, these people far away are having based on these videos and these mm-hmm. lives and everything. But it does make me feel bad because you can, you know, the older you get, you start understanding what it's like to see people who are in chaos, people who are in pain, and people who are responding that way by lashing out. And so sometimes I just wish maybe some way they'll figure out with social media. They were toying with this a few years ago, the stupid things about virtual hugs and stuff. And I'm kind of convinced, man. I'm, if it's, this is going to require a few people refuse to get out of your house, but the only way you'll get a hug is to have some weird thing in your room that will give you a hug when someone else gives you a hug. <laughs> Fine. If that's what you need to have some physical touch, we need to give hugs instead of calming on each other's videos. Cause it's so ephemeral. We really want to reach out and pat someone on the I'm back or shake you. their hand.
0: I'm telling uh, you and that, and honestly, Brendan, that is why I am so excited and feel eager for the book that's coming out, because when this comes out, it is primarily, primarily 99.9% all about authentic connection in an unhurried way. It's, it's like the chapters, like the chapters are, it's all about, you know, it's, it does, it, it touches equity. It touches systemic stuff, the things we've talked about on this call, but it is filled with reclaiming our relationship to each other and to the land and to the trees, re re-imagining how we have in-person conversations. And I encourage people in practice by foot or on a wheelchair to be shoulder to shoulder next to each other, alongside of each other. The chapter walking as vulnerability yeah. is all about that. It's all about how we nurture unhurried human movement as a way of finding our way home again to each other. That is, so much more genuine and nuanced and, and, oh my God, duh, we are actually in so many ways uh, wanting the same things. And so it's just this, like, that is, that's the primary ache of my creative work. And, and, and so I'm, I'm eager for that book to be here, which will be next year. And just to be like weaving that into all of, which is why I get really excited about, you know, like on, on the live sessions, I, you know, I'll, I'll often plant seeds and tell people to like, hey, check out my meditations, y'all, because we all need to meditate. We all got to slow it all down. We got to breathe a little deeper. You know, like I am constantly inviting these other things that I'm doing in my art yeah. to, to steer people into other directions that connect uh, in ways that, 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 that yeah, that, <laughs> that, like, that remove the hug emoji. That'd be like, all right, thank you, and. <laughs> can we be, can we, can we, can we learn to love on each other in the ways that we're, we're made to
1: And maybe also in the coming year, things will get better because that thing you're talking about shoulder to shoulder, obviously the thing that's exacerbated all this for everybody about being in physical space is they've been told by everyone not to be in physical space with each other. So we face a whole year and a half of that. So maybe things. Exactly. Anyway, you've made me hopeful about all this because I think (laughs) coming in here, when I saw your things, it made me aware of how crappy the situation, you know, you look at it and you think how crappy the, the built environment is out there. And I liked your idea about the, because this is what I experienced. Seeing something bad, the devastation to the environment, the devastation to the nature around you, the complete ignoring the SimCity-like quality of scraping everything flat so you can drop boxes onto it and ignoring (laughs) whatever natural features were there normally. Okay, fine. It can get depressing, but it's still beautiful. They can try to, they try to kill all the nature, but they still wind up planting some scrub in there. And then eventually it grows and looks pretty and you just can't keep it down.
0: That's exactly, you know, and that's what, you know, that is so much of what, so for, for what, 10 years, I hosted hundreds of walks and rolling events um, through an organization called Walk to Connect. And so mm-hmm. I started that after my long walk and that was the primary like no matter your environment suburban rural invite some people invite your neighbors invite and move through them together so that the beauty of your of your of your stories can move and and for so many of these walks it just the environment you know it 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 impacted people but the connection between people because we cared so much about maintaining and nurturing those kind of connection oriented environments, really helping people feel like they can, you know, good introductions at the beginning of the walks, like yeah. checking in on people's health and water and bringing enough snacks and making sure everyone in the group felt seen and comfortable and heard in their own unique way. Introverts, it's cool. Back up. Don't need to talk the whole time. <laughs> hang out. You're good, but All you're right. moving with a body of people. Extroverts do your thing, but be mindful that someone might tell you to mm, I'm done and I'm going to walk away. Like we would just, pre- we would prep these walks with permission to, for people to be who they are, but still in this moving container where we're together. And, and so the some of the devastation of the environments we would move through would fall away because the beauty of that shared energy was so strong. And so yeah. that is another invitation that I talk about in the book, but also through Walk to Connect, that's like, yeah, if we can bring each other out with, if we can you know bring our families and our friends and our neighbors and our colleagues out into these spaces in a in a collective then there's all these other gifts that will start to show up